Hi, Sam. Hey, Nathan. What's up? Hanging. Quarantined. What's going on? Uh, same. You know, I, I realized I never actually posted or edited our last podcast. Oh, and oh, dude, it's this because would be great then. Well, no, I was going to say, I, I, I think there's no real point. Stuff's been moving so quickly that, like, uh, once I was two days behind, I realized, oh, I should edit that uh, two days later. And, I, and then I realized, like, but nobody cares because it was <laughs> two days ago. Um, there's other stuff that we talked about on that one. You never know until you post it, and then people complain and say, hey, guys, whoa, I know you're posting this now, but coronavirus is already spread all over the place. You guys yeah. said it was going to be gone in two days. Sam yeah. said that it was going to be gone in two days on on our last podcast, which I you didn't hear. I never said that. It, Sam was like, that. Nathan, the, the COVID's going to be gone in two days. And, never said um, that. Oh, not really? Oh, okay. No, never said that. Also, apologize. I'm finishing my stroopwafel. Ah, stroopwafel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the stroopwafel is uh, the favorite snack of Austria and Germany. I don't know about you, but not only is my sense of time getting completely messed up, I have no idea what day of the week it is most of the time now, but oh, yeah. my, I'm just hungry always. Yeah, me too. I, uh, I spent all day yesterday thinking that um, today was going to be Thursday, It's yeah. uh, and, and yeah. I need to put the recycling out, but right, me too. I don't because it's Wednesday, and I don't know because I'm in quarantine. Nothing makes sense. Everything is this sort of swirl of information misinformation and a yeah. lot of um a lot of cooking which yeah, has been, no that's real been way great. yeah agreed um there's no real way to like get everybody on the literal same page it's really fascinating so how have you been uh, keeping yourself busy during this mm. time of quarantine lots of live streams and uh just putting out content man lots of podcasts recordings Meetings with you know CEOs, all all sorts of stuff. That's great. I'm kidding about the high level meetings part, but uh, yeah, it seems like everybody is sort of just like, oh, I need to be putting out stuff. So come come and be on my podcast or whatever. I'm just like, okay. So I haven't. I've been busy. I really haven't like really lounged around. And I know you've been carving out some good time amount of time to tackle some music projects and stuff like that. But yep. I just haven't had time to do that. I'm uh, I'm drowning in stuff and yeah, you got emails, a lot of stuff going on emails you know uh, all these clients that are trying to postpone and reschedule the other dates i gotta be on top of that yeah um i will say in case anybody uses gmail which i'm, I'm assuming most people do i use a combo of gmail and superhuman which super, superhuman is just amazing but gmail did launch i think two days ago now mm-hmm. a much refined much needed task list implementation of task list tasks yeah uh, that is assigned and attached to emails way easier. Uh, I don't really want to talk about it that much except to say that, like, enable it. Search for it in your Gmail account and enable it because it really helps organize your emails that are pending. And that's what I right out. now. It's basically just been to archive everything that doesn't need replies, keep everything in my inbox active that I need to eventually get to. It's this way I can be like, oh, this is – I can put all my wedding album-related topics in one task list and i could put all my accounting related topics in another task list and then like have them pending there in a more digestible format instead of this long list because you know, after months you know some emails you don't really need to get to for a month or two but it's annoying to have them pile up and sit there 
in your inbox, right? It's so, so nice to just pop them to a task list. Then you can archive it and it stays in your task list until you check mark it on your task list as being done. Then it That's disappears. Awesome. Yeah, it's great. Highly recommend. So, so um, other than that, yeah, man, I've just yeah. been uh, trying to teach people about diversifying their revenue streams, trying to get creative with uh, new solutions for um, capitalizing on like previous and current clients. Uh, one thing I'm excited about is tomorrow it's launching is a uh, pick time app that does basically sets your gallery to expire at a certain date, notifies your clients with an email saying, hey, your gallery is going to expire at X amount of date. Um, but if you'd like for however much the photographer chooses, I think I have it set to $60 a year, you know, so $5 a month, but they're charged annually. Hey, uh, your gallery is going to expire. But uh, if you would like for it to be continue to be online, you know, hosted in the cloud for safekeeping through PickTime, we'll continue to do so. Uh, just add the backup your gallery product in, the, in your cart and check out and it'll stay up. So it kind of puts the burden on your clients, which I think is which fine and okay. Fine. Yeah. Should, should be the case after three to six months or whatever puts the burden on your clients to, uh, you know, if they want to continue to access. And then my rule of thumb is going to be from now on, if I get a client that comes back to me four or five years from now and they say, hey, you know, we lost our USB or like we didn't do a good enough job backing up, I'm going to charge them $60 times X amount of years that it has been since their wedding. I think that's that great. It becomes a good kind of measuring stick for, uh, yeah, what value can be attached to that whole process because the longer you're in business the more you start to get those kinds of requests and you know, not to mention the fact that uh they continue to get access to uh what's the word sales seasonal sales and stuff if they want to order prints from you and anybody they've shared the gallery with totally you know those links are still valid so parents and stuff yeah yeah well, so it's yeah, a win -win. Awesome. I, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to something like that i i just think that there needs to be I don't know. Me and you have talked about this uh, a lot throughout the years, but it really would be nice to be able to to basically capitalize to make use of your old galleries, older than say you know even even a, as older than a year old, but mm -hmm. uh, older than you know you know three or four years. It's costing y us money to have them hosted. Yeah. Um, it's not. Sort it's sort of not much, but it's part of our business model. That's what we are buying when you when you buy Smug Mug or Pick Time or Shoot Proof or Pixie Set or anything. You're buying space on their servers to keep all of your clients' um, stuff on there. And you really, mm -hmm. you know, at some point it does become logical to say, hey, if you guys want to want to keep this hosted, you know, you you guys should have downloaded everything. If you do then there's no real reason that I have to keep this up here. Um, no, there's zero reason. There's yeah, there's no you're not liable for those. I mean, you can delete the raw files if you wanted. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. If you want. Um, but if, but, and so it, it does make sense to like, be like, hey, clients, listen up. Uh, taking everything down. Do you want to keep it up? Not even say I'm taking it down. Just say like, would you like to keep this up? Uh, if so, it's going to be X amount of money per year or monthly. I mean, I don't know. I think that sounds great. Yeah. Uh, I pitched this idea a couple of years ago now, maybe even three years ago, because uh, it kind of popped into my head after I started yeah, I remember getting used talking to about subscription. This a while ago. Yeah, I started getting used to subscription-based thinking as a business model. 
uh, when I started Patreon three and a half or so years ago and realized like, oh, I should be doing this in my client galleries, but there was no good mechanism to setting that up. Like there was just, nobody <laughs> seemed willing to program it into, you know, their, their hosting software. Um, and then pick time, it just kind of made sense when they started uh, the rollout of their various apps, uh, sort of add on automated apps. Uh, yeah, they were able to build yeah. it out as a, as a product on that in no That's time really cool. in like a couple months. So it was just, it just made sense. And now more than ever, I didn't make the connection between why now would be a good time to roll out something like this. Uh, Cause we just kind of been working on it on and off just over the past couple of weeks and or at past couple months and, and we're kind of like loosey goosey with the timeline, but now it's like, Oh wait, this, this makes the sooner, the better uh, photographers need to start accessing uh, yeah, diversified revenue streams like this. So yeah, it'll be, uh, it'll be fascinating to see how it's received. I hope people don't get pushback from clients. Like, what do you mean? Our galleries going up on, you know, like, <laughs> but I, w I, I would recommend they would only understand. attaching it to galleries that are, you know, six months plus, y you know, at years least. old. Yeah. 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 You don't want to you don't want to be perceived as like price gouging or you know taking advantage of your clients, right? Um, right. But I think there is some value to you know appreciating the circumstance and like you are an event wedding photographer. Clients should have a sense or be reminded that you are likely negative affected in this environment more so than probably many of your clients that have regular salaried jobs. You know, five bucks a month from each client. It's not a lot to ask, especially when you're providing no. a legitimately helpful service this is the yeah. best place to ha to keep your wedding photos this is way better than dropbox or iphoto or whatever else yeah clients and can i say something there are so, so so many people do not understand how to use dropbox right do you think that they're do you think that's i and, and i think it's it's a problem with dropbox i mean i i mean i get it oh dropbox um, is a nightmare but dropbox is kind of, of a nightmare they took, yeah, a bunch of VC money, and then they were like, go be the next Microsoft. And so they tried to do everything, apparently, and nothing was particularly good. They have, like, solutions for sort of everything, but nothing at the same time. Right. It's and, Yeah. It, it, yeah. it was such a, such a good idea at the beginning. It still continues to be a great thing. It's just the implementation is starting to really show its cracks, I feel like. Nobody well, is to able push to everybody like to the to the app instead yeah. of Finder. Why? Like if you notice the default when you set up any new update or new version, it tries to default you to navigating your your file structure through the app instead of Finder, and it's just a ugh, it's a cluster. It's just yeah. Anyway, but maybe they're feeling threatened by iCloud. Maybe Apple is really starting to make headway. Uh, I'm finding I use iCloud more and more for syncing files between my. You know, iOS devices and stuff. Speaking of which, did you see the, uh, you know, I know it kind of got buried under all the COVID news. Did you see the new iPad announcement? I, I did see the new iPad announcement. It looks awesome, actually, in my opinion. I think it looks really cool. It's got this awesome keyboard that doubles as kind of this raised, almost like a monitor stand. Yeah. Almost like a laptop cool. on a hinge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> almost. And but it even has trackpad support, uh -huh. which is funny because it and it's not a, it's not like a mouse cursor but it's it kind of navigates around to all of the things that you could possibly click on uh in i guess a, some sort of intuitive way and unfortunately it's really clean uh, some early reviewers seems, that i've seen yeah. use it have said after an hour or two they can't imagine not having it as an option which is always cool good. yeah that's really great i have been kind of waiting for 
I mean, I've, you know, people that have been listening to the podcast for a long time know that I've been waiting a long time for Mac OS and iOS to do something actually useful that, like, basically, I want to touch MacBook, basically, and I don't, yeah, this is, I guess it's a little bit closer, just a little bit closer. Who knows? I mean, they're definitely converging the two concepts. I'm just a little concerned that they are dreaming up 10 years from now a situation where they're able to kind of sunset Mac OS. Right. Which concerns me. But I don't know. I mean, they, they've I rolled know. out, you know, apps Maybe. for Mac OS that are literally just iOS apps on Mac. But the experience right. is so poor. I, I really I hope that they don't abandon Mac. That's that's my thing. And I think they were trying to until they got a lot of pushback, you know, a year and a half, two years ago. You think so? I think they were trying to, yeah. They, I mean, that's why there was so much hoopla about the iMac Pro and then the new Mac oh, Pro. right. Because they, they hadn't updated the Mac Pro in six, seven years. Yep. The iMac had a decent spec sheet, but it wasn't professional. And it was only after, you know, blog bloggers and the industry at large started to push back against it that they really were just like, oh, okay, yeah, here's, a, here's an iMac Pro. Right. Here's our best solution. That's right. Well, yeah. So who knows? Who, who knows? knows but it, it does look really cool. It's got a really great commercial. Yeah, uh, really? I haven't seen it. I, I cool. do I do wonder. <laughs> like, I just can't imagine anybody uh, jumping out right now and going to buy, like, a $1,000 iPad. Nope. Given their current climate, I just don't see them having very good sales numbers. Yeah, unfortunately, also the uh, Canon r5 is is looking less and less like i'm going to be able to get it right at launch i wonder if it'll even launch when they planned it may not it may not i mean i i haven't seen anything about any slowdowns in terms of production but i mean they must be slowing down production right i mean there's no yeah people aren't working in the factories i hope not at least i mean supposedly china is ramping back up there uh, Foxconn announced that like they're even ahead of schedule from where they thought they would be um, and, and on track to be fully operational again soon. So, you know, I think Asia is ahead of the curve in terms of people going back to work and all of that. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully they can catch up. I, yeah, I don't know what's involved with everything. And I'm not even sure where Canon, do they do the, all their manufacturing in Japan? I don't know. There seems to be some service locations in the States, but I don't, I don't know. I, I really don't know. Yeah, they're definitely service. Actually, remember, remember, right down the road from good old Christopher Newport oh, University. Oh yeah, that's right. Canon, it's one of their big East Coast Canon that's service right. centers. Yeah, you know, big operation. So much space down there over in uh, the Bad News, aka Newport News. Space? What are you talking about? It was super oversaturated. It was constant traffic, and they have space. They have space to grow. Yeah. If you go, if you go west a little bit. Okay. Uh, let's see. I'm just I'm just scrolling uh, Canon rumors right now. We got a firmware update for the EOS 1D Mark III coming early April. Other than that, not much going on. Yeah. Yeah. I think I I mean we could we could see a delay in camera manufacturing for sure. But I think yeah, across the board, I would imagine most things are going to be delayed. And you know, have you uh, how how has your day to day life been affected so far? Have you been uh, other than cooking more? <laughs> like. Was there a place you would frequent every day or two, a coffee shop, local restaurant that you've just, you know, gotten out of sync from? Or uh, Well, I have. Yeah, lately I've been spending a lot of time over in Hamden just kind of 
going to various different places, just shops and also um, restaurants over in Hamden, which is, if you don't know Baltimore, it's kind of like a little sort of hipstery, <laughs> like central area men market and stuff for yeah. the area near where me and Sam live. Yeah, but other than that, my particular day-to-day hasn't changed too much. I've just been taking a lot more walks and uh and yeah i've been i've been cooking a lot but i've also kind of been trying to during this time create some different things that both me and abby can do to not go like totally nuts like we have like we we actually plan out all our meals for the next for like four days so that we can whether that's like ordering out or cooking or eating leftovers or whatever we just like plan it out so that we aren't feeling like we're getting stuck on anything or get bored of any type of food or you know and just kind of try to keep things a little bit um you know interesting even though we are at home and the other thing that's kind of crazy for me in particular is that abby is a is a nurse at ummc and that is where the first actually the first death in maryland was from covid uh, 19 wow. and she doesn't work on that floor she's a uh, she's in lactation so she's not actually working on the floor that like the er or the icu or anything but there is a you know realistic chance a percentage chance that she could get covid at some point and i will get it of course i'm taking basically extra precautions to basically not be around anyone for any reason at all until this thing blows over so yeah, you know cor- uh, supposedly the numbers are saying it's like nearly twice as brutal for men than it is women oh i did not know that yes i hear that uh as in like deadly or like as in oh it is yes Um, across the board uh deadly and just um like susceptibility yeah uh i don't know about susceptibility let me see yeah appears like coronavirus may be killing more men than women almost twice Mm. as many Uh, it's fascinating but one of the things i keep you know making sort of the best out of a sad situation a lot of people, especially if you're in a routine of going to your job nine to five or something like that, uh, struggle with, you know, this isn't the beginning of the new year anymore, but I'm sure many people started the new year with sort of goals in place, whether it be dietary, uh, like exercise wise, um, just they struggle with habits. And yep. this is the absolute best time to try and implement or, or just disrupt your current habits Absolutely. With, with new ones. because. One of the biggest problems is getting stuck in a routine, and then, again, if you you were uh, up until the past two weeks ago, a week and a half ago, going to your 9 to 5 every day, you know, it's it's – you're clawing your way out of these habits and you know if you started the beginning of the year uh making an effort i bet by a week and a half ago you were back to your old habits but now if you were at home this is a great chance for you to t- completely disrupt uh whatever goal uh you were hoping to i think that that's absolutely yeah there's a lot to be said for that every time i travel i realize that i eat a little bit better even if i eat out and eat worse quality of food i snack way less because i don't have access to the snacks and i'm on a completely different time schedule usually if i'm traveling to somewhere that has a different time zone blah 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 it's like way easier to get work done because i'm not in the habit of like you're not in that routine you're not in any routine at all when you travel which is also exhausting uh you know that's why i'm so tired whenever i get home but when you're in it it's 
you, you can use it as a way to become incredibly productive, which is what hopefully many people are experiencing now. Now, of course, if you have kids, maybe that argument is a little less yeah. uh, powerful for you, but I still think that there's something to that, uh, even if you have kids that are taking more of your time than ever before because you're home with them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also looking at it as an opportunity really for like actually me and Abby to like have some kind of fun time together. Like I I've had some I I sat down one morning and right when I heard that the quarantine was about to start. This is like I guess a couple of weeks ago. I was like, "Okay, if when this quarantine hits, like me and Abby are going to be around each other all the time. We need to find ways to like you you know serve each other and also like kind of keep things fun so i i came up with a few interesting ideas um which we've actually done some of so one of those was like have a no screen at all day uh which is kind of kind of crazy we have not done that one yet but that one's kind of cool um and we we've both started doing sort of a a little exercise routine that we're going to be starting soon we're going to do some like morning meditation type stuff rearranging the house things like that and i've also come up with a plan to camp out in the living room at some point like get out all our camping gear and just like actually camp that's Um, cool so i think just like find ways to i'm just like trying to find ways to like keep sanity and also just like have like use the time i don't know i've been thinking about this a lot and i've talked with abby a lot about this a lot i've also talked with you about this sam about kind of trying to use this time here as i mean yes it sucks for a lot of people that maybe can't afford be laid off of work or things like that but for me i'm trying to use it as an opportunity as a a moment of like okay, we are forced into this situation. There is no getting out of it. And every single person in the city and basically the country is in the same boat. So how do you use this to your advantage? How do you take this time and do something really useful with it? And so, uh, yeah, so I've been, I've been doing something which I've been wanting to do for a while, which is write a lot of new electronic music. And uh, it's been helped along by our friend Greg telling us to do it um, before all this COVID started. But um, so that's been really fun and been trying to use the the extra time that I have as an opportunity. The other thing that was kind of interesting, and this is sort of an ancillary thing that I didn't really realize until I was in this moment, but I was hiking around in Virginia the other day. Me and Abby just took kind of like a a hike uh, the other day just to kind of get out of the house and and we were in a totally isolated place. We were walking around in it, and it hit me while I was like picking up sticks and like looking at birds and things like this. That I'm like, dude, I don't remember a time when I felt no burdens on my back, like no shoots coming up, no like deliveries hanging over my head, no. Well, anything. that's because your wife has a job to go back to. <laughs> well, that's true. That is true. But at the yes. same time, like, yeah, we, I don't have anything happening right now. And I was just thinking that yeah, I it's could weird. really use this feeling a little bit more. <laughs> I was telling Nessa, like, I feel just like I have been shot back to college or something yeah. in terms of the, right, the, the, the actual t- list of tasks I need to get done is there is none. I mean, unless I lower. create them for myself. Uh, and the hustle and the drive for me to want to do stuff is back for, like the way that I felt like 
six, seven years ago, starting my photography business that has sort of transformed and been moved into what I do in online education. But overall, that is completely opted in and uh, created by me myself. So it doesn't feel like a burden the way that uh, like editing a wedding might be where it's like, I mean, it's like, I got to do this. You got to get back to the grind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I so get exactly what you're saying. It is I do think that it's fascinating to um, appreciate maybe as families spend more time together, how mm-hmm. uh, if, if they're not going crazy, uh, making each other angry, <laughs> but yeah. how, living on top of each other. But like how, it, it, yeah, I mean, there's nothing else to do. So just go on a walk together. Like I, I've yeah. seen more families doing that than I can ever remember on the trail that I go to. Yeah, that's probably sort of special. And I, I wouldn't be shocked if people... I don't, know, I don't know how long it's going to take for all of us be, to be quarantined before we reach a tipping point of like things will yeah. never go back the way that it was before. Right. And, and there will be big changes in society in, in terms of like maybe we have a four day work week instead of a five, blah, blah, blah. But it's interesting to see. I'm already catching wind of articles and sentiments, I suppose, largely driven by Trump. <laughs> which is a no <laughs> surprise. Yep. That like he's trying to get people back to work uh, by Easter. By Easter, April 15th. Crazy. Which seems, well, I don't know if it is. I mean, two weeks ago, the narrative was, you know, stay home for two weeks. (laughs) So now that we're coming up on the two weeks. Well, yeah, I mean, everybody seemed to be in agreement that it was going to be a two-week quarantine. But nobody was really talking about, like, what numbers are we going to watch? What ticking points are we going to watch for? Right, he set no standard for it, just two weeks. And I'm also getting sort of confused with so many articles saying, like, you know, this isn't going to be over until uh, for six months. And it's like, okay, but what are you referring to there? Are you referring to the social effort to flatten the curve so that hospitals are overwhelmed? Or are you referring to the widespread infection of the virus across everybody? Because that tells in six months, I would imagine we're talking about like the widespread infection, not mass quarantines of people staying home. And I'm just getting a little confused. The messages are getting blurred with, when people are talking about quarantine and That's a complete true. disruption to everyday life via quarantine or social distancing versus the virus infecting as many people as it's going to infect. Like, uh, yeah, there's two kind of, compl- there's a, the, l- the short timeline and the long timeline and it's uh, getting kind of blurred in the news. And then you have the news making like the headline of it sound really dire. Right. But then the reality of it, like I have all these, these bookmarks saved of the a massive articles that came out week and a half ago that said in eight days america's hospitals are going to be completely overrun and it's going to be a dire situation right now i'm not saying that that's not going to happen i, I believe that it will uh, and i'm glad we're preparing for it in yeah. a somewhat serious manner but their that's timeline was off their, their timeline was completely off like eight days that's yeah. terrifying because that's right around the corner but yeah if that's it's, that's now if it's, basically if the headline was um yeah, exactly. It's now, and I haven't heard, at least in Maryland or most U.S. hospitals, and that was the headline, America's hospitals. Yeah, uh, New right. York may have hospitals that are already at capacity. That, that is an American hospital, but yep. uh, I'm, I'm getting really uh, concerned with the uptick of articles. Like, they need to be reporting accurately so that Absolutely. people know when it's actually time to panic <laughs> versus <laughs> when and if that ever hits versus, uh, yeah, like, don't don't use up that that goodwill and trust just exactly it's it's very frustrating i do i do agree with that i think that it's important to be as factual as possible and not sensationalize what's happening 
because you don't want to cause unnecessary fear or unnecessary stress or and unnecessary stress on the economy either. So I definitely, I mean, I kind of get the sentiment that, I mean, I, I understand the sentiment that, for instance, Trump has where he's like, I want the economy to get back on track. And if we're if we're off track for too long, then the economy will be forever changed or it could just be it could go. You know, we could tank for a while. And if if we are in a quarantine for a long, a long time, it probably will. Uh, the question is, is it safe to come out of quarantine across the nation or even in certain less hit spots in the nation? And that is going to be that's going to be kind of the test. I mean, let's say let's say he does it. Let's say he says April 15th comes around the corner and he's like, all right, it's Easter. Everybody in the i guess there's going to be central parts of america or something like that that are like out of quarantine don't worry about it go to my campaign rallies and which is i think the general idea oh that's Um, interesting yeah i didn't think about his yeah self-motivated uh right okay and and visit my properties and uh and go and you know and ancillary go into the economy and and like continue to just Go business as as usual as much as possible so that the economy can stay, you know, strong. If that happens and everything is okay, then cool. But I'm just worried that that's actually he's going to announce that and then more people are going to get infected and more people are going to die. And then he's going to try to twist it and say that actually, no, people aren't dying because I said so. And it's just going to kind of go downhill from there. Well, the other thing I'm struggling with is is the whole, you know, everybody's pointing to the number of cases spiking. And it's like, well, good. That's what we want because that means people are getting tested. Yeah. Because yes. everybody was complaining two weeks ago about there not being enough tests. And now yeah. it's like, oh, well, good. I'm glad to see the number spiking. That's, I mean, it, not glad. And like, I mean, obviously I'd be glad if uh, right. nobody came back positive, but that right. was never the expectation. So I'm glad to see the number spiking because that means there are a huge tests influx of tests being yeah. occurred. And I don't know. And, and how do you... I don't know. How do you compare one country's test results and the track that they were on to another? Because they have completely it's different yeah. limits and capacity for tests and when they got them versus when we did and like all these very variables that nobody has really clearly <laughs> explained. Yeah. It's a, it's a jumbled mess. I think every country really does need to kind of use their own metrics because what works for them may not work for, for the rest of the world uh, in terms of statistics uh, like for instance i saw this one i don't know i was who was it abby oh abby showed me this like chart of like cases in, of covid like around the country and it shows or like trajectory of cases like it shows america you know u.s is at the top and i was like i was realizing that all of the other things that it was comparing all the other countries that it was being compared to had significantly lower populations than america and i was realizing that this chart is a little bit misleading so you've got you've got to be a a little bit careful about what you're reading and trying and i I would point out india is the biggest uh sort of raising your eyebrows because it's india and not not a country i love india but not particularly well known for you know, they have very dense populations. People are living right on top of each other there, and yep. they're literally right next door to China. I don't know how much crossover actually occurs between people traveling from China and India, but I would imagine it's it's a 
significant so, amount. Yeah. And I can't even see India on the Johns Hopkins University of Medicine list of confirmed cases. But, yeah, they, but that doesn't mean India is doing just fine over there. I, I think that that's no, not the case know. at all. Where the I heck is India? Like I know I that India has instituted a quarantine as of yeah. yesterday, yeah. I believe. So they have 606 confirmed cases, the si- about the same number as Qatar, Peru, uh, <laughs> Russia. Okay, another uh, eyebrow-raising stat there. Russia, only 658. Yeah, South I'm Africa. sure that number is right. So, so basically, India has the same number of uh, confirmed cases as the Diamond Princess cruise from a month ago. It's like, no, they don't. That's So that's why <laughs> all of these numbers are just... Yeah. They are v- they are They're valuable suspect. to keep track of for maybe three years from now when people want to look at the numbers and start to draw conclusions. But like in real time, like getting a sense of what what's actually happening, I don't think anybody has a good answer other than just preparing for the worst and then seeing how it unfolds. And again, when do you stop preparing for the worst? That's the the interesting question. Trump seems to want to say like mid April, but like what are other experts saying? Like when do you stop right. preparing for the worst? I just don't get it. Well, I've also heard of really crazy sort of edge cases for instance like liberty university right in your back back door there uh, Lynchburg. Yeah, right where i grew up mm-hmm. yeah they're they're preparing to their their president is preparing to say no you have to come back to school right uh and there's rumors that i don't know, actually I was, this was yesterday there might be more info now um but yeah the the i, I think the governor was like basically um going to have to step in and say, uh, actually, no, don't do that, please. Don't be an idiot, yeah. and please don't open. Lynchburg's mayor uh, also denounced the move, and Liberty is famously a, you know, president, or uh, Jerry Falwell's sort of uh, nest egg. I don't know how you describe it, but it's a very spiritual Christian-based university, and, I, you know, I just I hate to see them leading the way because they are often also tied to a very conservative yeah. kind of perspective on the world. And, you know, it's just, ugh, I don't know. But Lynchburg does have very good health care. Lots of doctors, lots of really good hospitals. So I'd be interested to see if Liberty is able to force it uh, to, to itself to reopen. Um, how, yeah, what well, really what happens compared to everybody else that stays closed? Because that, that may be a really good experiment. <laughs> You know, at the cost of people dying, which is not uh, advisable, but, you know, I'm not the president of the university. So, I, yeah, as an observer, I, yeah. I just find it an interesting potential experiment. As a human, I'd prefer it not occur, obviously. Yeah, it looks like it looks like they're, uh, that he's walking that statement back a little bit. <laughs> That's good. That's yeah, good. It's, it's just going to be really interesting to keep a. Uh, well, our own governor in Maryland said uh, schools will be uh, ramping back uh, by April 24th, so about a month from now is the schedule, the hope to reopen schools, which I'm yeah. surprised. I thought, you know, a He's week been ago taking we were, this really, really seriously. I I'm thought a week or two ago that. we were more being led to feel that school would maybe be out for the rest of the year. Yeah, that's yeah. what everybody that's what was, I was saying. So the impression. I, uh, I don't believe that. I do think schools will go back um, – you know, if it, if it need be, like, well into summer, and they'll just, like, power through into the fall. But uh, I don't know. It's going to be fascinating. I'm yeah. keeping track of so much of this stuff via Reddit and my phone, just earmarking everything uh, so that later on I can reflect. And s- I, d- I went through the same thing with Bitcoin, where people were, you know, just making all kinds of wild uh, statements and conjecture and doing all kinds of crazy things 
taking out second mortgages and loans to like buy more Bitcoin and all this, you know, and it's so fascinating to be in the thick of it and then have all the sort of earmarked, bookmarked, or what is it, dog-eared <laughs> uh, bookmarks to refer back to just to see how right or wrong people really were uh, in that reaction. It's always fascinating yeah. to me. And not not to say like yeah. ah, I told you so it wasn't as bad or ah, no, I told you so it's way worse than we were. Interesting just to though. See, yeah, helps you maintain perspective on uh, the situation sometimes. Yeah, helps me at least. Well, well, I gotta go and do a bunch of other stuff. Enjoy so your see new later. Doom game. As I'm oh stuck yeah, here it's fun. The old old Doom game. Old school. Well, I'm gonna Doom. get this edited That's and okay. put up uh, this this day or tomorrow at the latest. So everyone listening, you Excellent. will have the most updated version of. Uh, our <laughs> life in Corona, COVID nineteen. Cor- I love my favorite meme is like the Corona uh, somebody and like overalls and like being super casual, saying coronavirus, and then somebody in like a tuxedo with a cocktail saying COVID nineteen. <laughs> so, so true. Yeah, I'm I'm calling I'm calling my new place my my uh, my studio down here the uh, COVID cave. Corona COVID cave. cave. No, I Corona cave. Corona cave. Corona Corona cave. Okay. Corona cave. All right, man. All right. Well, uh, stay well. Talk to you soon. All right, bye. bye.